the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. This interview is so moving to me. Jessie Alexander has the voice of an angel. She's one of the most incredible, soulful songwriters of all times. She wrote The Climb for Miley Cyrus, which was a multiple, multiple number week on all genres. She wrote I Drive Your Truck for Lee Bryce. That song moves me to tears every time I hear it. She's written so many incredible songs, and they all come from such, from such a real, truthful place. So get excited. She shares her heart, and her heart is so beautiful. And all of these songs that she's written, she has on her album of her singing. It's called Down Home. So make sure you pick up a copy of Down Home. It's a beautiful album of her versions of these hit songs. You will not want to miss that album. Okay, here's Jesse Alexander. Jesse Alexander! Yay! Ah, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so happy we've been seeing each other almost weekly for the past couple weeks, <laughs> I know. which is rare. I know. I know. It's great. The last place I saw you was the Symphony did this in Nashville, did this huge mm. event with the Rose Garden, and yeah. you played your big hits. With the symphony behind you. Under the stars. Under the stars at yeah. the Rose Garden. It was beautiful. That, to me, shows how cool songs are. Because yes. you write these songs and they're hit. We're going to get into all your hits and your whole mm -hmm. story. But you write these songs and they're hits on the radio in one form. But then you go hear them in a whole nother form. That's the power yeah. of music. Right. And it's just so fun to get to tell the stories behind the songs. And I mean, I love to be up on stage with, you know, my, some of my favorite songwriters just to hear them tell their stories and hear, you know, kind of the song at its core. So it's, it's, it was a magical night. It really was. Have you noticed being a songwriter, like there's this whole other world. When people hear yeah. songs on the radio and they hear someone like Lee Rice or Miley Cyrus singing these songs, you think that a regular listener might think that, yeah. oh, Miley just wrote that or it just yeah. came out of the thin air or where did that song come from? No one really knows. But there's this whole songwriter world. Mm -hmm. And it's a very layered world because the songwriters, it's I feel like, are the truth tellers. Totally. And you have to almost live your song sometimes mm. to get them, which is, it's kind of the <laughs> Achilles heel because it's, it's the blessing and the curse, right? right. Yeah, you have to kind of go through hell to write a song. There's certain songs, you know, you have to live them. Um, and it has kind of been my whole journey, you know. It's like every song that I've had um, popular has been something that was a serious, you know, hurdle that I, or an obstacle, um, some kind of huge life lesson that I had to learn to then put it in a song, which is can be, like you said, like frustrating, daunting. It's It's like... I know that I, I'm that writer. Like, it's you not going to just it. come to me. You have you know, to live through I have it. to live them. And, and so, yeah, it has been quite a journey with that. Have all your songs that have made it to the top of the charts, have they been an, a deep, they've all been honest? Pretty much. I mean, you know, I, I got fortunate enough to have just a good drinking song, you know, with drink on it, which is fun, too, because, you know, I don't want to be taken just as this serious, heavy songwriter that writes all these well, let's songs. just go through We got The Climb by Miley Cyrus. Yes. I Drive Your Truck, which was CMA Song of the Year for Lee Bryce. That story is crazy. We're going to yeah. get into that. 
Uh, Blake Shelton. Mine he, would be you. Yeah. And mine then, would be so you. So drink on it's just kind of like. And a he fun, also did drink on it. Yeah. So I write so many kinds of songs. You know, I write honky tonk songs, drinking songs, cheating songs, grief songs. I mean, I try to be very well rounded writer, but for some reason, that those are the songs that have been popular, and so it's it is a blessing. Probably because they hit a heartstring, honestly. Yeah, and I, I tend to go for the jugular, you know. I, I, <laughs> That's what I like. When I have an idea, like, you know, that kind of idea comes along, you know, I try to go to its depth, and that's just my, always been my personality. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey. So you come yeah. to Nashville, and you come here as a recording artist. You come yeah, here with an art, to be an artist. Actually, no. I, um, I've left MTSU. I was there for four years, and... Um, where I was a social work major, and I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was already playing in a lot of bands, and I was like everyone's backup singer, frontman. So when I moved to Nashville, I really had no other vision but just to make a living making music because I really thought I'd either be a backup singer or a demo singer. Um, I was never someone that wanted to be in the limelight. I could tell by being in the bands that I was in, even though everybody tried to get me to be the front well, singer. Well, because your voice needs needs to be the front singer. That's why. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so I good. was always like, yeah, but can't, you know, why don't you take the second half of the, you know, I'll sing the first half. I really you always. You tried to pass it off. Yeah. Um, but because of my voice, I think people always tried to put me up, up in the front. And that Did was, you always know you had this talent of a voice? I knew that I had a voice that evoked emotion. At a very young age, I can remember singing in front of people and, A, me feeling something. You know, I felt um, something come through me, but I also could tell that there was something in, in my so voice have, that would emote emotion you've, for You've someone. always felt that? Yeah. Definitely. Really? So you've never just dialed in a performance and been like, I'm going to give it my best Mariah Carey impersonation. You've no. always felt it. No, I can core. remember like maybe 10, age 10 or 11, the, like me closing my eyes and singing and then opening them and people have tears in their eyes. Just. Do you think that's God? Definitely. I mean, I think it's God and I think it's a, my purpose. There was that, even at that young age, there was something that needed to be said and come through me, but I didn't know what that wow. was. I mean, I was just a redneck kid from... <laughs> West Tennessee, I, I didn't know, you know, anything. I didn't know there could be a job singing, you know, or definitely not being a songwriter. But I can just really remember those early times singing me. I was a very shy child, and I was an only child. I was kind of a loner. And so to be in the limelight was not comfortable, you know, comfortable for me. But when I moved here, the first thing I did was get a backup singing job which was so much fun. I mean, I, my third day, literally living in Nashville, I had boxes all over my apartment. I got on a bus and headed to Beaumont for like a two-week run with an artist named Matt King. So I had kind of that dream Nashville story. You got a job right away. Got a job. I was backup singer. I was on tour. You know, I'm 21, 22 years old. So you're like, this is great. It's crazy, yeah. It, did it feel easy? It did. It kind of felt, I mean, you know, looking back, I had like four years of hard work prep. So it was kind of like I prepped myself. And by the time I got here, I, I really was engaged in the business. But um, because of him, he was an, a Warner Chapel songwriter as well. And so he was like, these songs you're writing, you really should get a publishing deal. And that would keep you home. And when you're like, what's a publishing deal? Exactly. <laughs> what's a publishing deal? Someone will pay you to write songs? And sure enough. There's this whole world. Totally. And so 
that's how I got my first publishing deal. And Through that backup scene. It felt like job. a Cinderella story. Did he help you get it? He did. He um, introduced me to his song plugger, Kurt Denny, at the time. And I got my, pu my publishing deal, the negative and kind of the story to my whole career. There's like a certain themes that just keep coming back up, and this is one of them. Okay, what is it? Was six months into my first deal, I lost the guy that signed me. Oh, so you're champion. Correct. Leaves. Correct. And so, so now you're just like orphaned. Literally, and just kind of. So no one's really rooting yeah. for you. No one's I'm your a advocate. Baby writer. You know what's so crazy? It is you think like you just get linked up with a company and it's just this company runs it. It is all about the personal relationships, totally. isn't it? And it's moving parts all the time. And like it's I said, creative that's parts all the time. Kind of something that I mean, we could we could spend a whole segment just on that story. So your people leave you. You get yeah, them and they leave. I, and so I think that it's kind of caused me to really um, find strength within myself now. I mean, I, I definitely lean on others, but it, that dust yourself off, pick yourself up kind of mentality has just been Because you just can't give everything to someone because yeah. they might well, leave. Well, and it's that whole thing of like, sometimes you just got to do it yourself, you know? And mm -hmm. it's caused me to, I think, it's to endure and found, I've found persistence and that endurance within myself. So I don't, you know, regret any of that. But yeah, he... He left, and then what happened when he left? That's when I just started to find my own people, find my own way, try to find people. I found some mentors um, early on. A, a incredible songwriter, Gary Nicholson, was one of the first people that said, "Why are you not an artist?" You know, and then Al Anderson and a kind of a team of writers kind of surrounded me, and I got my first deal at. MCA with um, Tony Brown and Mark Wright and, and Tony at, Brown's like legendary. Yes, so is Mark Wright. I it mean, was amazing. Tony and Brown produced Elvis, played with Elvis. He produced Emmylou Harris, which yes. you had been like you were like the the reincarnation Aww. of Emmylou Harris. That well, that was everyone was gonna say you were gonna be the new Emmylou. Aww, did that feel like you. a lot of pressure? It it did, um, but it also felt natural because I'd grown up on that kind of music. Yeah. Um, the negative at the time was there wasn't Americana yet, really. Um, I can remember the early Americana Fest, you know, festival that was kind of starting to brew, but like the true Americana artist wasn't really established. You had two routes to go. You could either go down like Shania Twain, yep, um, Faith Hill, Martina McBride, or it was more like Lucinda Williams, Patty Griffin. There wasn't, you know, the Chris Stapleton. Middle ground or the Casey Musgraves that just wasn't there and for someone like myself I really wasn't either you know yeah and I tried to make a record that was a little bit of both but I didn't put both feet in either area so you're kind of dancing both lines yeah and so and as the story you know goes a year into my first record deal the person that signed me leaves oh so, Why do you think this is a common theme? I, th I don't know. Do you think it's a uh, lesson never, you needed to learn? I, I guess so, because I keep just learning it. What but. do they say? The lesson repeats until learn? But, I mean, that's yeah. a big lesson to have to keep learning on a big scale. Yeah. And so uh, with that and plus the culmination of that and me truly not, as I became this artist and they were developing me, the closer I got to that, the less I f that felt authentic to me. Okay, so you felt like maybe you were chasing someone else's yeah, dream a little mm, bit? Kind of. Or vision for yeah, you. Yeah, it was like, I just started to realize like the, the radio touring and just touring in general, playing music felt really natural. But talking about myself in terms of being an artist did not feel as natural. I really always wanted to hide behind someone else, you know? And, <laughs> I, and I, at the time, I didn't understand why 
you know, also had some extreme life things going on. My mom, who had been battling cancer for um, probably two years up to that point, she was diagnosed again, but with, you know, we found out it was terminal. And so being an only child, I mean, here I am, I've got a record deal, this is kind of fizzling out, my mom is dying. It was just a very dramatic, <sighs> traumatic time for me. So it made me put in perspective this record deal. It was kind of like, what, what am I chasing? You know, I had to re-examine my life at 23 years old. How do you re-examine your life? Because all of a sudden you have this record deal and now it seems like it, your advocate's leaving. Yes. You know, it feels like it's not going yeah. exactly how it had been presented. Totally. Your mom's now dying. Dying. Yes. And what are you thinking? Like, how do you process life at that point? How do you How I, do you handle I, it? I think that looking back, you don't process it yet. What do you, you know? Do? I mean, it was just like plow through. You know, there was too much to do. There was just, you know, whether it be planning her funeral or then it was, you know. What is that getting, like? What is that getting, like having to plan? It's just you just do it. There's no there's no one else to do it. You know, there you just I've always had though kind of that survivor instinct, um, which I do feel like God gave me, and that's like one of my tools in my tool belt. But um, I just pushed through, and I got lost in music. You know, I leaned on music. I leaned on songs. You know, I yeah. leaned on songwriting. Um, my husband was also entering my life at the same time, John Randall, who was a savior in so many ways. And how did he um, save you? Just by, you know, being that person that I could sit up and drink a bottle of wine with and cry to, or, you know, saying, "Let's go hear some music tonight." Or, you know, we, in the midst of all that, you know, I'm also recreating myself as a songwriter. I'm kind of letting go of what I wasn't and becoming who I was. Do you ever feel crazy in this evolution? During that period, <laughs> I definitely felt crazy and I think grief will make you do crazy things. But I didn't realize, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it with I Drive Your Truck, but all those things I had to feel to write these songs, you know. Because these songs you're writing are deeply feeling songs. Yes, they're like of my core. And But at the time, I don't know that I'm gonna need those feelings, you know, they, you had they to come out later in songs. Yeah, you had to live through these things for yeah. a song of that caliber to have been born, honestly. Totally. And I think the hardest, like, if I looked at the whole, my whole career, the hardest obstacle was the one that I was just about to face, which was rebranding myself as a songwriter. Because once you say you're an artist, people don't want to take you because there's a songwriter and then there's artists and then there's th those like Miranda Lambert and and it Bentley is a divide, or, isn't it? Not a divide, but it's a difference. Yeah, and so I would walk into the co-write and they'd be like, well, "What are we writing for you?" And I had to, as, even as a female, is even harder to say, "Well, I'm not writing for you know Faith Hill today. I want to. I mean, I'm not writing for myself. I want to write for Faith Hill, or I want to write for even more than that. I had to say things like, "I want to write for you know." Trace Adkins, I want to write for Luke Bryan. And, and they're like, wait a minute, but you're an artist. And people don't necessarily want to do that because they're like, oh, great, we have an artist, right? Yes. So we have a chance of yes. getting a yeah. song a lot quicker on the album. Totally. Because if you're just writing for someone else, then you have to pitch it and it has to go through a million different processes and it finally has to get to the artist. So it's a lot yeah. harder when you're not writing with the artist as a songwriter. Exactly. So that's why people kind of have you on a pedestal as an artist. Yes. They're like, great, I could get a, a cut on your album. It's way in, yeah. So I had to just 
abandon all of that. I mean, it was a rebranding, if you will. I mean, I did, A, prove that I am a real songwriter, you know, that I had written all of my record and I had many cuts before this. But I think people didn't really understand, like, how, how are you going to add into the, in this They mix? thought, because you're so beautiful and you're so well, talented, so you. it's easy to assume, oh, you're just writing your beauty and your voice. And, yeah, and you're and an not, artist. Yeah. And, so that's why, really early on, I um, decided I have to really show these guys what I got, and I'm going to write men's songs. Okay. And that was um, really, it, that whole frustration, the frustration of, being kicked around for 10 years, having that Cinderella story high, and then the lows of, you know, the record deals. And um, that time in my life, I was starting to think about, maybe I will get married, you know, maybe me and JR will have kids one day. I was starting to go, you know what, maybe it's been 10 years, like, you know, I've kind of given this town all I've got. Maybe it's time to let go of all of this. Like and everything, even yeah. the songwriting? I mean, I knew I'd always sing and write songs, but just the chase, you know, the, the chase of it. The chasing is exhausting, and, isn't it? And me and JR both had this year of like, let's just have the year of no, we don't want to do anything we don't want to do. We're just going to... Okay, okay, I like that, because I have always heard of the year of like, yes, say yeah, yes to everything. But we were saying like, no, we don't want to sing on that demo. We you're don't want to write with that person. We're, we kind of were like, well, let's just go all in and, like, who knows what happens. Just do what you want to do. Exactly. and That's risky. It was very risky. Especially in a town like this, everyone's always worried, oh, shoot, i got to get that opportunity. Like, I don't want to miss this. What if there's yeah. a new artist? I should jump on board and write with them. There's always a million things, like, yeah. that you should be chasing, like you were saying earlier. So yeah. a year of no. We did, and we were like, we're going to write songs we like. We're going to write with people we like. And do we're what not we gonna, like. Yeah, do, we're going to do what we love. And that one of those during that period was the morning that I was driving into the office um, and I heard a melody come into my head that felt the word that I kept thinking was classic so much that I kept thinking am I on something is this love lift us up where we belong I kept which song is this and um, I remember my phone ringing and nope I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna and answer I rem and, and I remember I've you know ADD, like we all do as creatives. I'm wanting to turn the radio on, but I was like, no, I remember God whispering in my ear, just listen. And uh, by the time I got to Music Row, the, the melody was really loud in my head, so much that I needed to get my hands on the guitar. And I was walking in the door to write with a new writer to me, John Mabe, and I just said, can I have your guitar real fast? And I sang this melody, and it was The Climb. Okay, wait, first of all, I just have, I want to cry, because I... I really do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, can't believe how in tune you are with God. But also, yeah, <sighs> this is okay. this, you're making me cry in an interview. <laughs> this also, you had to wait for 10 years for the yeah. climb. Yes. And the climb to me is so crazy that that is your debut into the world. Right. Because you were having to climb and like struggle and yes. feel. And yes. why do you think you had to go through the climb yourself? in order to get the climb, the song, because God. you had 10 years of struggle, totally. turmoil, losing your mom, losing your record deal. Million dollar question, girl. You know? I like, don't know. What I does mean, it teach us? Do you think we all have to go through that? I feel like I've been around now in Nashville long enough to see there's usually a struggle. Like those people that came and got it all right away. What happens? There's usually like, you're, at some point, there's gonna be a hard spot for you. But for me, I felt like I had to just kind of live the the hard part in the front half 
and maybe that's what gives me the rawness and that I'm in tune with so much more when I write now. Live you know, the I'm, hard part in the front yeah, half. Yeah, and, and I mean, there will be hard parts to no, come, No, I know what I'm you sure. mean, but you, but like, it's you really... But I had to live that to write a song like the con... You can't just create that on... You can't write of, that. ...out of air. I mean, I try every day to, to write songs like that, but, you know, those are the ones that, you know, have to live. And it was so bizarre because I didn't think anything about that song. Thank I was God. so sad and damaged and... Over the Nashville and so over music So you're in the middle group. of just like, is this your year of no right now? This is still the year of no. And, and you're I'm, just like over I'm thinking it. I'm about to get married and, and Maybe just like peace and, out yeah, in general. Yeah, exactly. And so when we wrote The Climb, um, I knew it was special because of that melody driving in. But I didn't, I was so burned and like Nashville kind of kicked my ass so much that I didn't think anything would ever come of it. Yeah, did you think... And nothing's ever come before. Why yeah, would it come right. now? Why would this? The I've song's had, just as good as these others. I've you had know. ten years of nothing. Yes, so why exactly. would this be anything? Yes. Man, I've thought that so many times. Like yeah. I just keep you keep trying and keep trying, and you're yeah. like, well, I've gotten real close. Had exactly. a ton of like close calls, but yeah. it, nothing's ever panned out. So why would this be any different? Yes. But you keep freaking climbing and, anyway. And, and so we we you know when we found out that it was going to be a part of the movie i mean all the way so I'm, the hannah montana movie so hannah miley montana. cyrus how does it get to miley cyrus okay well first of all i'm at the time a disney writer we had a small office here at disney um and my amazing plugger at the time lisa ramsey found out that they were shooting the hannah montana movie here in nashville and was like that's ridiculous you you can't come to nashville and scout and not listen to our nashville songwriters you need to have nashville songs because at that time the Disney music really came from the LA office. She's like, no, you're shooting yeah, you in know, Nashville. So you're coming, and so she put together. She, she did it. She, she had a champ. You had a champion. Had a champion. Here. So she found this director, who Peter Chisholm, who is straight out of London, like he'd never seen a guitar pull or anything like that. We have him come to the office. We get beer. We get. We're all seated around in a circle, and we do what we do at the Bluebird: guitar style, guitar pull, and. I played him a couple songs, and he just loved my voice. I didn't play The Climb. The Climb was written for a guy, you know, because I was writing men's songs. So, so like, you were, like, you were like really proven, yeah, I'm not doing girl yeah. stuff. Yeah, so I sang a couple songs, and we just kind of hit it off. And as he was walking out, he said, would you just make a comp of your music? I just would love to hear your voice. And so I thought, this is my moment. Like, what do I have that's at all pop? Because uh, I didn't write pop songs at all. I was writing traditional country songs mainly at that time. And I said, oh, I have that song, It's The Climb. It was called that at the time, and I gave it to him, and he called like a week later and said, if you'll rewrite this for a 15-year-old, I'm going to rewrite the script to, to kind of <sighs> revolve around this song. See, the climb is so important to me, too. I, you're making me cry because the <laughs> climb is such an important song in my life. I will never forget when it came out. Mm. I was in the middle, and I mean, I'm, everyone's still struggling. I was in the yeah. middle of a huge like what the f is this life about yeah you know and then yeah. you hear a song like that and you're like okay we're not alone <laughs> yes <laughs> you yeah. know okay we're all in this yeah and I mean, really the song was written me and john mabe the my co-writer were really underdogs you know he was a new songwriter to in his, in his first deal but he'd kind of been kicked around i'd been kicked around and we just wrote it from our own experiences it was kind of like self-help therapy and so i'm so glad you acknowledge that as well because to me it was so funny that the song that I write about you know being kicked around actually be becomes a song that actually helps me bust down the doors that I've been trying to kick at for so long it was surreal meanwhile I'm having like I'm pregnant with my first child 
So there's all this other stuff going on with, within me, like, am I should I just be a mom, you know? And then and I have a big struggle, like as a, a female, working mom, like how, how am I going to do this? How do you decide that? Because that's such a struggle. I feel like so many women, especially talented women, who have <clears throat> something to share with the world, it's yeah. it's a big decision on how do you balance that and how yeah. do you how did you come in to that struggle. How I did didn't you have a chance to think about it. I mean, literally, the client, when the climb came out, it came out on five formats. It was everywhere. I mean, American it's a theme Idol. Song for it's the, it's the Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana movie. movie. Like I'm seeing, you know, Miley. I'm seeing Hannah Montana. She's playing it on the inauguration. Uh, Obama at the ball. Like, at the inauguration. Uh, at the inauguration. For ball. Barack Obama. Yeah, and so like, are you like I'm what is literally life? holding a newborn? Um, you know, these both the, both these things came out in January and. Your baby was born in January, yes. and your yes. your the my, climb was born my in January. First big baby, yeah. Are and you kind of like? It's you, what is that moment like? Because you've now been waiting ten years. You've almost thrown in the towel. You're in a year of no because you're so freaking yes. frustrated. And now yeah. here comes your a child, the a real two child, biggest things in my life, and your song yeah. child is happening. Once that has it, to be God. In some ways, it was frustrating because I couldn't throw my all into either. I felt like I really want to, you know, be so present with my baby, and yet. I mean, every door that I'd ever wanted to be open is being just opened now. Why do you think because you got Because it takes a hit to, yes. to write with some of these writers that I'd always wanted to write with. And now and, everyone wants to write with Right, them. and so, I, and then I would try to do that, and I felt like I wasn't being a good mom. It was just a really trying time, you know. Why do you think you got both at the same time? That is a great question. Do you think there was a lesson behind no that? I have no idea. That one I don't know. Um, just I to don't make know. you realize right away that you're going to balance both of these? I don't know. Like not give you the choice to back yeah. out? Yeah, it was just surreal. And it just, I still can't believe you. And I kind of went through it all. The way my mentor said, he said it was like you, you know, had been swinging at the ball for so long. And when your bat, you know, hit the ball, your arm was so strong that you just went over the... Just hit a home run. Just hit home run. And it, it was weird, though. It was very, very surreal. And it, there's another thing that kind of happened where... Disney LA was like, oh my gosh, you could be our pop top line girl, which means uh, pretty much a lyricist. And they, you know, you should come out and write for our franchise. So I did. And I was writing for Tinkerbell and Princess and the Frog and all these motion pictures. Um, and meanwhile, I'm getting further and further away from my roots, which is, you know, traditional, mainly traditional and soul kind of songwriting, Nashville songwriting. So I kind of got lost in that for a little while. And had to then again re-examine myself and say, who am I as a songwriter? And at the core, I'm a 16th Avenue Music Row songwriter. Um, and that's when songs like I Drive Your Truck. My and tell me about that. Tell me about how Drive Your Truck came into existence, because that is yeah. one of the most powerful songs also. Well, um, I give so much of the credit to my amazing co-writer, Connie Harrington. She... We had been writing songs for many years at this point. Um, we were writing a lot of female songs, which weren't getting recorded, you know, because there weren't any females to record them. And uh, she came in that day, and she she had she was a little choked up. She there I could tell something was up with her, and um, we start, She always comes out with all these titles. She has all her little post-it notes, and she was like, "Well, I heard an idea yesterday coming home from Dixon, where she's from." she started to cry and I was like uh-oh because with Connie like well, if she's crying then you know she's on to something amazing but she's like no 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 I can't do that one today can't do that one 
and she would read off some other titles, and I was like, no, 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 no. We're doing the we're doing what, the tears. We're doing the tears. <laughs> just I don't care how long it takes. Just cry away. But you're gonna we're gonna unearth this, this song. Yes. So she um, finally explained that um, she was driving home. She was listening to the middle of an NPR special. And it was about fallen soldiers, and it was basically a dad talking about his son who he'd lost in Afghanistan. And the interviewer just said, well, what are you going to do on Memorial Day to honor your son? And he said, real simply, I think I'll just go drive his truck. And Connie just, you know, pulls over. She's writing down everything. Your songs she... make me cry. <laughs> it's really sad. Well, I mean, what a great, everyone has to grieve in their own way and to drive your son, totally. son's truck who just passed away at war. Totally. And meanwhile, you have to understand what's going on with me. So my mom had been um, deceased for about 10 years at this point. And so I'd always wanted to write a song about grief and never really had been able to. Um, and so I knew in that moment this was my chance. This was it. This was it. And I, I knew I had to pour everything I had about that into this song. So we started to just hammer on lyrics. Um, the 89 cents the ashtray, half empty about, you know, all these... Things um, I was really kind of drawn from my granddaddy's truck, who my grandmother kept kind of parked in mint condition for many years after he'd passed in Jackson, Tennessee. And I, I can remember his truck, and I could smell him and feel him there. <clears throat> it was like a shrine to him, you know. So she had her thoughts, I had mine, and we wrote a lot of the early lyric. But at that time, like I said, I knew, like, we have to write men's songs. There's no females, you know, that we need. This should be a great song for Jason Aldean or Kenny Chesney. So we brought in the incredible Jimmy Eary, and he just brought it to life in having his perspective. And literally, when we were done with that song, we we needed knew we a had drink it. and a cigarette. Literally, <laughs> I mean, we were crying. I mean, we brought in Rusty Guest and our Ugh. song plugger, and he was like, "That song of the year." I mean, and I at that point we didn't know what it was. We just knew it we wrote the big. hell out of it. You yeah. know, you we didn't poured, skimp. No, we went for it, and uh, that's really where our job's over. You know. We just write the songs. Yeah. And then it's in God's hands. And So you give it all up to God. Totally. I mean, it was like, that's... That's it. And it's hard. I mean, we want want Jason Aldean to cut it, you know? I yes. sent it right away to Dirks and right away to all these people, but, you know, it wasn't... Those weren't the right fits. Um, Lee Bryce, you know, was the voice for it. And you just have to have a lot of faith in my job. You have to have a lot of faith in giving it up because these are your children they really are your babies you're like babies. i'm giving this to yeah. you yep to take care of so he did a, an unbelievable job he sang it like he meant it like he wrote it and it did what we wanted it to do you know it song went to number one and it was um song of the year for acms nsei and cma and you have to tell about the number one party yes so um at the number one party you know we have those you know, pretty much for every number one. And we just couldn't imagine having this party without finding the dad that said those words. If it wasn't for him, there would be no song. So Connie and we all spent so much time looking for this NPR special just to find a name. And Connie one day found it, and it's Paul, his name was Paul Monty. Um, his, he lives in Massachusetts. He's a um, school teacher, actually. And his son, Jared Monty, um, was awarded the Medal of Honor. So it's incredible soldier and story but um we called him like we're all on you know a conference call we're crying we're trying to explain to him like have you heard this song i drive your truck which it was everywhere on the radio at this point and he's like well i've been sent that song a friend of mine said that that would really hit home for me we're like 
Yes. yes. <laughs> it's because we wrote it about you. And I mean, it was hard for him to fathom. I mean, I can imagine. But we said, we're flying you to Nashville, which we flew him here. He spoke at our number one party. We're, I was sitting next to him uh, at the Palm that night, and we were just whining and dining him. And, and he said, well, tell me, what other songs have you written that I would know? And I said, well, I wrote this song called The Climb, you might know. And he literally put his drink down and got tears in his eyes. And he said, I played that at Jared's funeral. Oh, <laughs> he, God. He said. You were meant to be in his life. Your stories were meant. You were yes. drawing from the greater source. Yes. And it's all connected. I felt like my mom and Jared were just surrounding me. And, you know, I found out that I, we actually wrote it to date two years to the date that he passed. Jared? Jared, yeah. There was too many coincidences. You know, it was like this song was destined to be written. And I can't tell you how, that's almost the ultimate gift. That's beyond Grammys. And I mean, it's just to know that the song really had been served into the world and it's gonna go out. There's so many people that help, that helps, you know, that song helps them. And I have so many stories of people saying, you know, I drive my husband's truck and, it is like a, a shrine, you know, and yeah. it's a place where you can feel somebody. Because all their stuff's in there. There's smells. Oh, my God. You're, yeah. You make me cry because <laughs> you do. You're so soulful. Like, you are s such an intentional person with your life and your talent. And I Thank feel you. like that is why you've had these massive impact songs because you really go for it all yeah. the way. You have something to yeah. say. I try. And it's bigger than you. Yes, and I lean on that. You know, I try to really let, get out of the way, to be honest. Um, and every day that I write, I try to write, you know, the most emotion I can. But like, the, like I said, there's days that I have a lot of fun writing too. <laughs> it's yeah. Not all, it's not all sad. But um, yeah, it was that whole era of my life was just really um, incredible because I found out, you know, during that era that I was pregnant with twins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, here I am on the second wave of my songwriting, and then I have twins coming. Twins don't run in my family. That's not genetic or fertility. Like, I'm already having a hard time balancing my life, my work, and, and one daughter, and now I know I have two more coming at like, one how time. how are you going to do this? Well, God provides. You know, the, the week that I found out that I was going to have the twins, um, like Shelton went two weeks into number one with a song that me and my husband wrote together. So it's Mine like... Mine would be you? Yeah. And I, that I, is Drink On Drink It. Drink On It. And so it was really like every time, you know, something like that happens, there's always this other... It's, it's, there's always this dual But you're thing open going. to the faith. I, oh, definitely. You're open to the magic. Okay, so I want to yes. ask you a few rapid fire questions about okay. this. Kind of going so full. Go. Faith, to you, faith is? Faith is... Um, Wow, that is such a big question. It's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, um, letting go. And, I love that. Yeah, and not knowing the answers. Love is. Yeah, love is deep, real, honest, tragic, beautiful. The point of this life is, is to love, to learn, to grow, and hopefully, like, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> music yes. to me is? Music to me is a refuge. It is my purpose. It's my healer. It's my strength. 
it, it's, I mean, obviously it's everything, yeah. And how about motherhood has taught me? Wow, it has taught me so much about myself. It's taught me how to be selfless, how to find strength that I didn't know I had. Um, motherhood really is a journey that I'm figuring out every day. I mean, there's days that I feel like I'm the worst mom in the world, and there's days I feel like, okay, I got it. Um, it's really the kind of thing you probably won't know how well you did till you're standing back looking at it, and you're older, and you're like, wow, I got it. But when you're in the thick of it, it's just a daily growth, you know? I, d I never know if I'm pulling it off. <laughs> but then I'll hear, you know, my five-year-old will say, yes, ma'am, and I'll say, okay, I got it. <laughs> you know, or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Okay, and I like to wrap up with okay. leave your light. So leave yeah. some inspiration of how you've been inspired and how you want to inspire the world. Okay. Um, uh, there's so many, so many things that I'd like to share, mainly to songwriters. Um, but I think the, the main thing is to just follow your own light. You know, we've all gotten caught up in trying to compare ourselves to other, you know, for me, songwriters, artists, um, mothers. I mean, I can compare myself to other mothers and how they're doing it. But what I've learned time and time again is if you just stay true to your own convictions and your own truth, usually that's there for a reason and that's guiding you in some ways. And so every time I've gotten off the path and chased something, you know, it usually doesn't go anywhere. It's like a road that, that goes nowhere. It's not it your goes, road. And if it goes somewhere, it's usually dark. So if we're talking about light, to me, um, if you can just follow your own journey and if it, when it feels right, it is right, typically, for me. Um, surround yourself with light. Surround yourself with people that make you feel light. If you walk away and it's dark, there's a dark feeling, then they're out. You know, that's, that's not gonna illuminate. No matter how flashy it may yeah, seem. Yeah, that's not gonna illuminate you and your truth. Um, so I think that if you can stay out of the comparison game, I think this journey of life is going to be a little bit easier, or at least for me it is. I love that. Yeah. Okay, you're going to play us some of these great songs? Okay, yes. <gasps> Yay, yes, yes, yes. Okay, here we are. Let's do it. I got okay, so you're going to play us some of The Climb, which is Miley Cyrus's huge hit. It's on your record, Down Home, with Chris Stapleton singing with you. Yeah, and Morgan. It's amazing. He's so good. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to check it out. Okay. They made it very special. Heck, yes. Okay, take it All away. Right, here we go. Here we go. I can almost see it—that dream I'm dreaming. But there's a voice inside my head saying, "You'll never reach it." Every step I'm taking. Every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaken, but I gotta keep trying. Gotta keep my head held high. There's always gonna be another mountain. Always gonna wanna make it Always gonna be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm gonna have to lose. It ain't about how fast I get there. It ain't about what's waiting on the other side. 
song of all times. Thank you so much. <laughs> Except for this next one that you're going to play. Okay, yes. Are we going to cry now? <laughs> now we're going to cry. So now you're going to play us some of I Drive Your Truck, which is CMA Song of the Year, sung by Lee Bryce. Is this also on your album, Down Home? Yes. Okay, so it we is. can hear you singing all of your hits on your album, Down Home. Yes. Everyone go get it. But this is Please what do. Lee Bryce made, Song of the Year. I Drive Your Truck. Yay! in the ashtray Half empty bottle of Gatorade rolling on the floorboard That dirty Braves cap on the dash Dog tags hanging from the rear view Old skull can of cowboy boots and a gold army shirt Folded in the back This thing burns gas like crazy Oh but that's alright People got their ways of coping Yeah, I got mine I drive your truck Roll every window down And I burn up Every back road in this town Find a field, tear it up Till all the pains Cloud up dust just sometimes I drive your sharing your heart your songs your incredible story <laughs> and everyone get down home her album yes. you can hear her singing these hits oh you're amazing thank you. thanks for having me thanks for being on my show you're the best see y'all later peace how amazing was jesse alexander she is so inspired she's so soulful i love her so much her story Makes me tear up. Like, listening to her, I got emotional. I'm sure you did, too. So moving. Next week is the last interview of the year for Get Real, and I have Russell Dickerson joining me. He has exploded onto the music scene this year with his single, Yours. His story is incredible. He's so connected to his purpose and his higher force. His wife is his best friend. She recorded his music video. Their story is amazing. To hear how his music journey has unfolded is really nothing short of remarkable and inspiring. So get excited for Russell Dickerson next week, the last Get Real interview of the year. We'll see you then. Bye.